This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you can learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday War Games episode 32. Joining me as always is my co-host Liam Jones. Liam, tell me about the Snyder Cut. Um, oh, well, it's gonna be a, it's a bad movie. It's gonna be a bad movie. <laughs> like, and people are gonna be like, oh man, that was as bad as the original was. Why did we get our hopes up? And then I read a thing today about how it actually supports toxic fan bases. And like at first, you know, you kind of just go, ooh. But then you read into it, you're like, actually, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Because now there's gonna be these all these fan bases like, well, if we just complain and be shits about everything, we'll get the way we want eventually. Because that's what happened to you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, people are the worst. Though at the same time, Warner Brothers are just like we're launching HBO Max. Let's cash in on these people. Oh, it's gonna make bank. <laughs> do you think? Do you have any hope that it will be a better film? No, like he finished it. Well, he didn't finish it, but like he stepped out in post production after mm. shooting the entire film, and like eighty-five percent of that film is his. At best, Joss Whedon added jokes, and like Joss Whedon was a scriptwriter in the film on the film in the first mm-hmm. place. He was brought in for Punch Up. His identity was already baked into the film. It's gonna be darker, like literally, not even in tonally. It's just gonna be darker. I'm I'm looking forward to the mental gymnastics people will have to do to insist it's good. That's 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 what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> well, they have to because they just spent like four years complaining about something, <laughs> and then when something comes out and it doesn't address any of the actual issues because all of the issues were baked in there from the beginning, um, and just being you know essentially a cash grab. <laughs> and by all accounts, and it's either going to be a four-hour film or a six-part miniseries, both of which sounds unbearable. <laughs> Oh, the the the, the mini series is just ugh. I don't even know if I can get HBO Max. Uh, I can't anyway. It's not available in Ireland. How are we okay in this world in which we have so much like globalization all under one giant banner at this point? Everything's connected. How do we still have things like that? Well, it's usually because they've sold the rights to too much stuff that they can't really do. Like, it, it, particularly in the UK and Ireland, they've sold a lot of the HBO library rights to Sky, who have Sky Atlantic. So if they were there to launch HBO Max in Ireland, they wouldn't be able to have, like, Game of Thrones. So there's no point. I think um, Australia has a certain... We have a certain amount of, like, monopoly laws in regards to streaming and in regards to IP stuff. Like... I remember when Netflix first launched here, there was a big um, a big problem with the library because so much of the library had been sold to free-to-air TV and there was some sort of uh, law where you couldn't have something on free TV as well being on a, on a paid service. It had to be one or the other. Which is a reasonable law. Yeah, well, it was very interesting and it just it took Netflix a long time to build a decent catalogue. You know what I'm looking forward to? I hope in like five years, Triple H does a media interview and is like, Vince interfered with my my vision for NXT, and then we get the release the Triple H cut people. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the release the Triple H cut is just going to be like, okay, the first three years of NXT? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
It's the, it's the easiest excuse in the world, though. It's like, oh, the studio stifled my creativity. It's like, ah, get over yourself. You made bad films before this. This was probably going to be a bad film. In fact, it's probably a slightly better film, uh, and it'll probably it'll, it'll nearly certainly be worse. That's the thing. And yeah. Oh, it's gonna be worse. Not even even if like initially it would have been a better film, like just side by side. It's gonna be worse because expectations are gonna be set so high for it. It's never gonna reach the level that everyone. Well, not everyone that nerds had built up in their own heads. It's not. It's not out for another year, though. So, at the very least, like, uh, it's a landmark event. So, regardless mm. of intent or the story behind it, it is still a kind of a cool moment. Like, even if it does, you know, incite, enable toxic, fan yeah, <laughs> a toxic uh, fan base, and it's just more of that. Um, it should all be directed for me attitude. Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't the blockbuster film suiting all my needs, specifically? Which is very self-entitled nerddom, and it's all Mass Effect 3's fault for train changing the ending. It's funny, like, I came into Mass Effect... Mass Effect 3 was my first Mass Effect game. And I came into it not knowing anything, and I was like, man, the ending's not so bad, because all I heard was like, pow, the ending sucks, and I was like, oh, the ending's fine. Yeah. Mass Effect 3 is a good That's game. The, none of these... I, I, I really do hate that attitude. The, the, the fact that like it needs to be fixed. It's like, no, it doesn't. It's just like, watch something. If it's bad, move on with your life. If it's good, yay, it's good. If it's bad, you have the right to complain about it, but I don't think you have the right to demand it be changed to suit your yeah. needs. Like, what happened to just like, oh man, that movie sucked. Oh, like, oh, that movie was good, and then it kind of hit a... Hit a problem at the end. Uh, whatever. Like, why does it have to now be... Alright, go back and fix it. Because <laughs> people feel like they can wield that power. And apparently they can. Well, yes. <laughs> it, it was like It was all just, like, uh, fictional entitlement. And it's like, oh, wait, no. Now it's real. Now you actually have to bend your whim. It's the Daniel Bryan problem. You bend mm. your whims once for the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania moment. And now you have to hear them boo Roman Reigns forever. Yeah. On the topic of toxic fandom, every week we talk about AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. AEW on last week, so we will start with AEW Dynamite this week. And I have to, I have to shout out Larry Zonka, who was. God, this is a terrible week between Larry and Chad. Like, every week we'd use Larry's reviews as, like, because I'm super lazy and I don't want to take extensive notes. So we used to use Larry's reviews just to make sure we weren't missing anything. That's the, We based our structure on Larry's reviews and Larry passed this week. And Larry was the, mm. like, the hardest working, nicest supportive guy. Like, not a person on earth had a bad word to say about him. And he his work ethic put everybody to shame. He reviewed freaking Explosion. Nobody, nobody watches Explosion. Never mind <laughs> reviews it. And he reviewed Explosion. Well, I remember we would make... We would be um, going to find AEW and NXT results and we'd see that, like, he had reviewed the NXT UK shows that were just best ofs. And we're like, why are you doing this? This is so much work. He reviewed event. Nobody... Re- like, legitimately... Yeah. Well, 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 one person, one person reviews main event. Yeah, but, like, legitimately, his reviews are one of the more valuable archival sources in the history of wrestling, because no one else talks about episodes of main event. If they disappeared off the network, they would disappear forever as if they never happened. It also goes down to show you that, like, in a world where wrestling Twitter and any journalist is torn to pieces, Larry Zonka mm. never was. Like, someone just with universal respect on on a platform that shows no respect yeah, to anyone. Yeah, it's a, a bummer of a week. We'll miss Larry. Mm. And also, uh, 
Shad, who we saw had nothing but positive things come out about him. It's it really kind of sucks, yeah. man. This this has been a real like uh, as much as I hate the whole. 2020 or I hate this year meme like this year does this year sucks, sucks. For real. and every year we're like next year will be the good year and then it's worse again it's like the world is just spiraling out of control I think, there's no hope well I think we need to accept that every year is just gonna suck forever and we'll never I think I legitimately think we've we've had our golden period <laughs> as 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 like as a species <laughs> as I think I in my lifespan I have had uh, mm. my peak I think from me being like, I don't know, uh, 10 to 22 <laughs> was like the be- the best years of my life on a global scale. <laughs> Not even just when the, me. the world was okay and everything was fine. Yeah. When we still had problems, but it just, it didn't feel like every year we were getting closer to non-existence. Just, veering toward anarchy at any given moment. No, this is a very weird uh, topic to go down on. But it was like, I remember there was one time where I was like, for so much of my life, the concept of a world mm-hmm. war was null and void to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then in the last three years, it's just been something in the back of my head <laughs> the entire like, time. When you think about like how like one small incident sparked uh, World War One, like the murder of, I don't know, history. What's his name? Some count somewhere. Um <laughs> There Ted we go. Dance Ted Dance is still alive. But, like, how something small, just due to, <laughs> due to, like, political allegiances, can spark a world war. And now, like, historically, you're like, how does that happen? And now you're like, oh, now I know how that happens. It's like, oh, now we're witnessing it. Oh, dear. Yeah. If only, like, there was some sort of gigantic choice that was made roughly four years ago that spurned In both this. the United Kingdom and the United States. And the world. Oh dear! The freaking the Australian forest fires were this year. I like. Yeah, and we've moved on from that. That feels <laughs> like fifteen quickly. years ago. We were talking about it on this oh. podcast in the lifespan of this show. God damn it! I like how um lately, uh, all of our intros have just spurned into like geopolitical mm. discussion. I think that's the natural progression of this podcast once NXT gets up. <laughs> right. It, it's me queuing you up with a a, a, a a pop culture event of the week, and then we just veer into how the world is <laughs> tumbling toward demise. Hey, man, I'm, I'm perfectly fine talking about anything and everything with my friend Garrett Guinea, because we would probably be having these discussions anyway, <laughs> except we'd probably be playing TW at the same time. Only Dynamite opened with Mr. Brody Lee coming to the ring with the the Dork Order. Oh, this was such a terrible promo. <laughs> Brody cut, like, the worst Seth Rollins promo I've seen in my life. I've, I'm, I hate Brody Lee. I'm officially giving up on Brody Lee. I think the character is terrible. Wow. I think the character is absolute, like, cringy nonsense. That's something that you would see at the start of Monday Night Raw. He's Seth Rollins. Like, legitimately the character is the exact same as the current Seth Rollins character except this is a show that's not supposed to have those stupid verbiage promos that say nothing with the annoying long pauses and it's just like I, I, I never liked any of the Mr. Brody I never liked the Vince parody stuff I thought it was cringy and terrible and all this no I'm, I'm formally done hand waving it Mr. Brody Lee sucks you sound like a 
like uh, out of touch old. I am man. an out of touch old man. Yeah, I don't care. I'm I'm the Vince of this podcast. But like uh, you, uh, you were watching the show, and I was like, I'm gonna bury this. I'm show. the cool young hip Triple I was H. Like, I hated this show, and you were like, why? And we'll get into the many reasons I really didn't like this show, because especially this was the go home show for Double or Nothing, which is as we record this tomorrow, which certainly doesn't. The, the very yeah. I can't believe there's an AEW pay per view this weekend. Energy. Well, to be fair. Nothing matters and everything sucks. There's no crowd. But also, these shows haven't been particularly good. Particularly at building toward a pay-per-view. I can't argue with that, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, this opening promo didn't do a lot for me. <laughs> I, like... I don't know, man. I liked a little bit of the... I don't want to say character development, but maybe just the development of the... The structure of the mm-hmm. Dork Order. In that we are seeing that there's levels to this shit. Yeah. But, like, outside of that... See, I was giving AEW a lot of credit. Because I assumed that Brody Lee being Mox's opponent was a last-minute mm-hmm. throw. Because they had no one else. But Cody did the presser last night where he said that 90% of Double or Nothing is the same as it was before the Corona stuff. So... If that was, if one of the changes wasn't Brody Lee as Mox's opponent, I kind of can't give them that leeway anymore because there's been like almost null void of a build to this. Whereas something like we saw at um Revolution, where like literally MJF Cody was built from one pay per view to the other, a three month build, but this title build here. Is three weeks. And even like uh, Mox and Jericho had a, a full like eight week story about Mox joining the freaking inner circle, and they they played that out over the entire two months building up to uh, Revolution. I get that like things have been all thrown in away, but like you, I feel like you could have honestly they should have blown off the SCU Dark Order stuff in like three weeks from Brody's debut, but we had it go all the way until the second week before. Mox, he, uh, he challenges Mox for the title on paper. Yeah, the fact that uh, as of the week before Brody actually attacked Mox, we were still going, who the hell is going to face Mox at the pay-per-view tells you that they've done very little to build to this match. Like, it was still an open question until Brody Lee walked out. And it wasn't like, oh, of course it's Brody Lee because of the X, Y, and Z that happened before. It's like, oh, they've just gone with Brody Lee, I guess. Yeah, like... I don't know. I still attest that it should have been Park in this position, but well, Park's hey. not available. So, yeah. Well, in a world in which it was available, uh, indeed. John Moxley then defeated Ten, and I, I, this match annoyed me too because, like, Ten should not get a single solitary move on John Moxley. Not one. He should be killed. He should just be killed. It's he's yeah. the nameless, faceless goon from a dark order. He should get murdered. Uh, he has a name. Press Ten Vance. I didn't appreciate Excalibur unmasking Preston Vance in this match. Well, we, we're supposed to know he was Preston Vance, aren't we? No, I don't like... No, not in the promos. They never show that it's him. They just have they have his name, but that's more of like an Easter egg thing. All right. This was okay. Um, see, I, didn't, I don't think it should have been just like Mox hits the DDT and wins. I think it should have been Mox hits like four DDTs and wins. Yeah. I guess... Um, they were going by the old Jake the Snake 
You don't beating a jobber means nothing unless the jobber has some sort of a comeback. <laughs> but the jobber is a nobody. Like, ah, oh, it's stupid. It's I think they want to do. Stupid. I don't know. I think they want to do something with ten. Maybe don't try that out against your world champion a week before his title defense. <laughs> like, if you're yeah, if you're going to put ten in there as a guy, you want to at least get something on John Moxley. You have to do something with ten before that. Not put him on dark and then have him face John Moxley and get some stuff in. And I'm like, no, don't get some stuff in. Kill him. Mm. That's stupid. I hate but, this. But um, Mox still feels like a really big star. I thought. So. I thought. I liked the post match where Mox was like, "I will murder your goon," and like Brody's like, "All right, do it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was fun. And Brody was just ran. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, I'm out of here." <laughs> he is. He is. He, I don't care about him. It's fine. I'm really interested in that match though, and how they're gonna book it. Mm, oh yeah, who's gonna win? Well, uh, I, th- I think Mox is going to win. But how is he going? I'd like. And the, the AEW mm. is a finish problem, which we'll talk about in this show. But like, if you go back to you know, they, they did the, the the MJF finish against Jericho or for Cody and Jericho. So like, they're they're not above doing kind of screwy finishes on pay per view, even if they're for big angles. And like they do have a they do have a tendency to try and find cheap ways out of finishes. They're trying to find quote unquote creative ways out of finishes, and they're usually quite bad. Uh, so yeah, like Mox should just beat him. But then it's Brody Lee in his first like real big match. He beat Daniels, I guess that's a reasonably mid level match. But in his first like pay per view match, do you want Brody Lee losing to John Moxley? Probably not. But he should. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. Uh... But then it's like, the whole thing is like, where does Brody Lee go after this Moxley feud anyway? Yeah, back to the SEU feud. Woo! I guess, yeah. Ten did a cool ripcord deal. That was fun. Uh, sure. Um, Ten, if she'd be committed enough to the gimmick to get the the two uh, Switchblade J White logos tattooed on his chest. I wouldn't be committed enough to that gimmick to get that tattoo. <laughs> well, I would. And that's, that's saying something about me, I think. Ten should, should actually start a feud with Sean Spears. That's where that's where where he should go. It's like, hey, why aren't I ten? You really have this like, like you're really on this like it should have been Sean Spears. He's the trail. ten guy. You can't have a guy called ten when you have the ten guy. He's on not your even show. ten guy anymore. He's always He's the ten guy. guy. He's forever the ten guy. He's chair guy. His whole gimmick was that he was ten. But next. <laughs> I guess we're done with this segment. Yes, MJF defeated Marco Stunt in a perfectly fine squash. It was a perfectly fine squash. This is war. Uh, Wardlow showed up. Wardlow nearly died. Uh, he <laughs> um, clearly a choice he made to make MJF look better. Yes, Wardlow is a professional who will nearly fall off the ring apron or trip over the steps, whatever he did, uh, just just so he doesn't overshadow MJF. What a pro! What a like top of the barrel professional wrestler. Wardlow fucking rules. <laughs> And MJF is there. MJF doesn't have a personality as a wrestler, I find. He's like, I'm a guy who does German suplexes and nip-ups and then latches on a chin lock for 15 minutes. It's like, work out who you are. I, I don't think he really knows how to translate his, like, persona into being an actual wrestler in the ring. Mm. It feels like there's a bit of a disconnect between, like, um, part A and part B here where... It's like, when he's out of the ring and he's cutting a promo, I think he has a very clear idea of what his character is. But I don't think he knows how to bring that character into the wrestling world. Even in such, like, his finish is an armbar? Yeah. And that seems odd. Like, but like, I don't know, what would his, what should his finish be? It, I think there's some, there needs to be more discussion into how to incorporate his character into his in-ring stuff better. Because, like, the, the idea of his finish being a submission is, like, oh, he's a shooter boy, but he's not. He's an entitled rich jerk whose, whose finish should be something that you can kind of flash hit out of nowhere, and it, it's credible, but feels like a cheap win when he hits it, you know? 
Or at least if it's a submission, it's a submission that's embarrassing his opponent or something. Mm. Like, not just a legitimate armbar. He doesn't have a wrestling persona. He doesn't feel like he's worked out who he is as a pro wrestler. And you see it every time he wrestles. I think he'll get there eventually, to be fair. Well, that's a, a big debate for the voices of wrestling slack. <laughs> so, uh, do you think MJF's uh, charisma will be enough to carry him forward in an uh, in-ring uh, company? You know the official Wednesday War Games prediction that Wardlow is the real star of this group. Of course. Well, that's going to be a megastar. Like, I firmly believe this. And the thing is, when they actually feud, when Wardlow splits from MJF, he should just beat MJF in two minutes. Like, they, yeah. they should do the full pay-per-view build. It should be like a street fight or something. And then Wardlow just kills him. Like, Wardlow is, like, squaring down. Max tries to run away. He starts climbing over the rope. He grabs him, just drops him on his knee and pins him. Yeah. This is war. You know, it's actually... I'm kind of sad that MJF is back because I'd rather see Wardlow squashes. Uh, and legitimately, the the main thought going through my head was, imagine how much better this squash match against Marco Stunt would be if it was Wardlow. They're going to have it one day. They will. That should be a buy-in match because I would legitimately... Pay money. Like... I'd pay money for the, like, if I saw Woodlow kill Marco Stunt, I would be dropping down the bucks for the pay-per-view. Mm. Aaron Anderson and Jake Roberts met in the middle of the ring, and these are two very charismatic men who spent, like, ten minutes saying absolutely nothing. Yeah, I didn't really... This is the one thing on the show I was like, okay. Because <laughs> it's like, you, you watch there, and it's like, oh, these two men can talk, but they're talking yeah. about nothing. They're saying literally like, nothing. But the thing is, like, Arn can talk, but so can Cody. Mm. Like, and Cody's involved in the match. And, like, it, uh, after, when when Archer beat Dustin, murdered Dustin in front of Cody, then you're like, oh, this is a good feud going into double. This is the one thing going into double or nothing that's had, like, a proper full build. And then last week they do the weird freaking truck angle. And this week they have this meaningless rambling Jake and Arn promo. And we don't hear from Cody on this show. We don't even see Lance on this show. And, like... I don't know, it was such a flat build to what, on paper, or at least at the build-up until this show, had been, like, the, the biggest match heading into Double or Nothing. Everything on Double or Nothing feels so flat. Like, I feel like it'd be way more of an effective segment to just have Cody come out and talk about, you tried to murder my brother, and now I have to fight you and win. Yeah, this has been Cody and Jake, not freaking Aaron and Jake. It's like, we like Arn. It's not like we're anti-Arn or anything. And I get the appeal of the segment. I get the idea. It's like, oh, two legends of the ring. Two, the two managers on each side will face off and try and sell the match. But they did a pretty, pretty bad job of selling the match. I wonder if, like, we'll look back at this and be, and we'll see, like, man, AEW was so good, but they just couldn't get their head out of nostalgia. And it's not, I don't even think it's, like, audience nostalgia. I think it's Cody's nostalgia. Yeah, they're stuck in the 90s, aren't they? And, and then in some ways, that's good. Because, like, some of this stuff, some of their they 90s... Take things away from stuff, that, because yeah. the, the 90s was the most successful, like, American wrestling's ever been. <laughs> like, but, like, I, I feel like you need to evolve it. Respect history without relying on history. And it's not like he's doing, like, Attitude Era stuff, which has been done to death. He's doing, like, early 90s WCW well, stuff. Well, we'll see what happens when Mike Tyson is in the ring with him. That's very true. He's going to punch Jake Roberts. He's going to kill Jake Roberts if he punches Jake Roberts. He probably will. Pac was back for the first time since uh, coronavirus. Thank God. Why couldn't Pac be doing this the entire time? He's a much better promo than MJF is. To continue to dunk, dunk on MJF, when you look at Pac, it's like, that's a man with intent. That's a man who is sinister. That's a man who you believe. That's a man who's a main event player. And you look at MJF and he's baby's first promo. 
I did. Um, I think we may have skipped over something, by the way. What did we skip? Oh, oh there was a Darby video. I think we skipped like a, Darby's yeah, segment. He, he, it's, I only know, remembered because um, Darby lit his things on fire and then Park lit his on fire the right after. It was a pyromaniac's dream, this show. Um, NXT has all like the kidnappings and assaults, and AEW has all the pyromaniacs. And Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's entrance is setting things on fire, so there you go. <laughs> we'll get to that, but I hope Matt Hardy lights like, people on fire. He should. I think that'd be really nice. So yeah, Darby had a cool segment. Um, he studied cinema, fun fact. <laughs> oh, you uh, couldn't possibly tell watching his pre-tapes. I know. <laughs> but um, it's funny, it's like how you can direct it. Like, oh man, that, that guy was a film student. And then I was watching his um, Shot of Brandy episode. And Shot of Brandy is really good, by the way. If you don't watch Shot of Brandy, you should go out of your way to watch Shot of Brandy. Um, the Darby episode, he literally talks like he was a film student. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Park. I like Park. Yeah, now we go to the Park one. I wonder if Park was a film student. Uh, I don't think he films these. Well, he does film. He's obviously in them. But yeah, Park, Park has a sense of style that's just like, yes, this is great. I love Park. Park's like the best thing on the show. If I were to hazard a guess, I'd imagine the same guy that did um, Jimmy Havoc's progress promos mm. would be involved in these in some manner. Park basically cut Phoenix's promo for him ahead of Phoenix against Orange Cassidy in a match that was really, really good. But because it's an empty arena Ooh. match, all that was going through my head is like, legitimately, this would have been the best, one of the best matches of the year in front of a crowd. I mean, I really liked it still. Yeah, it was so good. It was uh, except the finish, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, Phoenix, Orange, like Orange Cassidy's one of the best wrestlers in the company. So putting him against Phoenix and just like, yeah, just do wacky shit and have fun. Like this match, it was so good. But as uh, I hate up the arena wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Even when it's good, I can't help but think about how much better it would have been if they had an audience. Yeah, well. Hopefully we'll be out of this world soon. But it was really, really good. But the finish was absolutely dreadful. <laughs> I didn't I didn't mind the finish. It was such a WWE finish where the dude just walks out with a ladder and it's a, it's a distraction finish, low blow, cutter win. And I'm just like, that's yeah, but such like, a if, raw finish. If it was finish. anyone else, I'd be like, gross. But it's Kip Sabian. He's meant to be a dope. I don't care. I don't want those. Those kind of finishes are the worst kind of overplayed finishes done to death. Like, that is a finish you would see in the build-up to WWE Money in the Bank. And when that's the case, no. Absolutely not. Don't do it. Yeah, it didn't annoy me the same way it annoyed you. It annoyed me a lot. I hate the it's not the finish I hated least uh, on Wednesday Night Show. Ooh, we'll talk about that. We'll find out what that was. NXT. But <laughs> St stay tuned. <laughs> Regardless. Uh, after the match, everybody in the um, ladder match came out, hit bro. dives. Uh, every none of the dives were caught. Phoenix nearly died. Yeah. Uh, get the first of three injuries on this show. For the love of God. like There's an epidemic of not catching dives. It's just like, catch dives. <laughs> God's sake! Especially when there's nine of you. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of people. Like you should see Phoenix. Like you should be a professional looking up and step forward. That's what you should be doing there. You should be aware of Phoenix, and you should step forward and catch him. While we're here, we should do our official War Games predictions for who the ninth man in the ladder match is. Drew Gulak. I'm gonna go with Matt Cardona. Oh, but he's not available unless he I waived his ninety days. Who knows? <laughs> Let's just go with it. I hope it's true because I don't remember. Was it me or you had the good draw idea? <laughs> uh, the the oh that was me. Don't steal my ideas. Are you sure it was you? I thought it was me. That he should be put together with Taz. 
I think I said that. I said that in Slack, and then you, li- I could literally go back and check when you said, "I love Garrett's idea of putting through Gulag with Taz." Oh yeah, yeah, it was you. I'm gonna take it though. Yeah, so I have this great idea where I think uh, Drew Gulag should be Taz's eventual uh, mentee to take on Darby after Darby rejected him like twice, and that's my great idea. TM trademarked a Liam idea, which means now that uh, if they want to do it, Tony Khan has to pay you. Uh, he already does. There we go. That thing going around Twitter. Do we get a cut of that? What is it? A hundred grand on that thing going around Twitter? Yeah, at the end of the quarter. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, ladder match. It's a weird ladder match. I'm interested to see how that will play out with the freaking entrances. Whoever comes, it should be Drew Gulak or like. Realistically, I think it's one of two people. I think it's Chris Hero or Drew Gulak. It should be Darby's climbing, and then the last guy comes out, just throws him off the ladder, yeah. <laughs> and murders him. Hero would be cool. Hero would be cool. Um, who else was released by NXT that would be available? Victor and Connor of the Ascension. It could be uh, Diona Perazzo. Put her in the ladder match. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be, she just runs up and grabs the chip. There you go. And challenges. Uh, who's the champ? John Moxley. There we go. John Moxley versus Diana Perazzo, huh? Uh, which takes us on to the women. Nyla Rose and Britt Baker defeated Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida in a match that completely fell apart when Britt got injured. And, yeah. Rough. Though, uh, if the finish was inaudible, the finish annoyed me too because Nyla Rose pinned her challenger on Saturday. So, like, even if the finish was well, inaudible... Uh, Shida has the win now, right? Uh, you would uh, think so, in theory. But, like, they got the heat back. They did the worst kind of finish that I hate. I hate. Again, it's WWE bullshit. Where, like, Shida pinned... Uh, Nyla pinned Shida, and then Shida put Nyla through a table, so nobody gets over. You know, champion got... Uh, champion pinned. Champion got beat up. Shida got pinned. Shida beat somebody up. Everyone's the same. Nobody's going anywhere. And, like, if it was an audible, pin Chris. Why don't you pin Chris Statlander? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Britt died. So Britt did die. I feel really bad for her because, like, I, I saw that knee. I was like, uh mm. She basically had all of Nyla's weight come down on her knee. And then, Oof. yeah, rough. Rough indeed. Though her knee probably should have been. She separate your legs on cannonballs in the corner, folks. Then that, that doesn't happen. Mm. Alas, there. Ah, oh, well, you never know. Could have been knocked loopy or something. And just one of those things that happens on the odd occasion. When I saw Phoenix nearly die, it's like, he probably only had the wind knocked out of him, I hope. He could have broken a rib or something, the way he came down. But hopefully, mm. he only had the wind knocked I, out of him. I believe the report was that he had an, an injured uh, rib, mm. but not broken. God damn it. Catch dives and move your legs out of the way of cannonballs. These are the important lessons that we learned from this television show. The more you know. Uh, John Moxley cut a promo again. I, I've like the, nothing on this show was like, oh, this is the big go. Actually, no, I, I tell a lie. The, the very last angle was, but until then, everything else on the show that was like building toward the pay per view is very like by the numbers. It's like, all right, this this pay per view is the most obligatory thing that ever happened in AEW history. Just wait another month. <laughs> mm. See if you can get people. See if you can do a proper build. Just cancel the. Yeah, they should have just cancelled the show. I think we said that at the time. Just cancel Double or Nothing. It's fine. Just keep doing TV. Just well, cancel. My Double theory or with all wrestling was just don't run shows until you can run shows with the crowds. <laughs> but I guess they can't because who knows what, what like things are in play with TV contracts and such, especially when they're a new show on a new network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I have less like faith in other shows that have existing properties but it's like i get it it's new if you don't run you could people could lose their jobs in the long run so it's like it's a weird moral dilemma in which there are no right answers i feel at this point but they're doing as best as they can so 
Sean Spears held Sean Spears news where he basically set up his match with Dustin Rhodes for Saturday. So all the Cody stuff was building to a match with Dustin, I guess. I think, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I like Sean Spears getting a match at least. He has some good like comedic timing. Um, there was a painkiller jab. There was. How did you feel about that? It's heat, I'm sure. Outside, the thing is, like, I kind of like really roll my eyes at that kind of stuff mm. because it's like, I, it's not like I think he really shot that on Dustin and didn't tell him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a 75 percent chance that Dustin gave him the idea to say it. At the same time, though, for a match that you're literally given a random one week build, don't use a line like that. You know? But that's, I guess, like, I don't mind using a line like that if it's meaningful. How do we make something that has a one-week build have any sort of heat to it? Well, you, you get personal, I suppose. And I guess I'll be fine with it if on whatever Countdown show or Row 2 show, we have a Dustin interlude where he talks about it. That shouldn't have been on the promo. It should have been on the show. you got to remember, like, the Countdown show was a real show that they try to push, though. It's <laughs> not like we can ignore that. It's not like it's fucking BTE. It's still a show that'll be watched by, at best, half the audience your television shows. Like, your go-home television show, you should not, you should, the, the Countdown show should be reinforcing the stories, not telling them. Oh, well, I like the Countdown show, yeah. personally, in a completely unrelated uh, review of it. Well, you haven't watched it yet. It's not on until tonight. Well, I like the other ones that they've done. But yeah, if you're going to use a line like that, make it meaningful. Don't Not a throwaway line in a one-week build to a program no one give, cares about. Come on. Matthew Hardy. Matt Hardy continues his streak of having very good matches in AEW. You know, you, you can beat Matt Hardy over the head for his broken shtick, and I understand if you do, if you don't like it. But Matt Hardy is now 3-for-3 three three on having really good matches on AEW Dynamite. I wish he was wearing his, like, weird Seth gear. Burn it down. He's the, that's which, which is that? That's not Damascus. That's one of the other ones. No, that, yeah, that's the one that wasn't explained. Damascus is like the full red gear. Yeah, and then there's uh, Hardy Boys, Matt Hardy, which also exists. I hope he brings back Big Money Matt. That's my favorite Matt Hardy. TNA World Heavyweight Champion Matt Hardy. Yeah, and then like also like bullied <laughs> Matt Hardy from Ring of Honor. If if um spud is actually fired they can put together the full group they can bring in tyrus they can bring in a, a spud and do full big money mat tyrus is cancelled yes in many ways um thoroughly cancelled yeah, he is the true champion of not catching dives uh matt hardy defeated sammy Guevara with a twist of fate his second twist of fate both of which uh, looked very good sammy took great bumps for those sammy's a goddamn star i can always say it every week but it's like it's becoming more and more apparent like this is your dude. Like, get out of here, Jungle Boy. <laughs> well, Jungle... Sammy G's where it's at. Jungle Boy is much, uh, much, much... Uh, or Sammy's much further along than Jungle Boy, in fairness. Mm-hmm. Like, like if Sammy is uh, in the guy in three years, Jungle Boy is the guy in five. Is he, though? We'll find out. Will we, though? <laughs> Will AEW last that long? No way of nothing. Dun, dun, dun. The show ended with uh, the elite had Kenny Omega hostage and tied to a goalpost before, uh, or the inner circle had Kenny Omega <laughs> tied to. <laughs> Don't we all <laughs> wish that Chris Jericho would be torturing us tied to a, to- a goalpost? Yes, <laughs> explicitly. Before the Young Bucks returned, made the save, they got beaten up, and then Hangman Page made the best return in the history of wrestling. It ruled. It ruled so much. I wish there was a crowd that, like, popped huge for it. Well, in fairness, there, there was, would have been an empty arena regardless. 
Yeah, but you can always still... They have, like, the things in the background. Indeed. So they were in one end zone, and you could see somebody running across the pitch to the middle of the pitch. <laughs> I was like, it's Hangman. Uh, hangman, hangman. It's yeah, hangman. ran the 100-yard dash all the way up and clotheslined Jake Hager and ran wild, and then uh, walked away as well. In goddamn cowboy boots. In, yes, indeed. He ran the entire length of a football pitch and hit a clothesline in cowboy boots. You were like, oh, I want him to come out in a horse. I, I did think it would be funny if he just, like, ran in on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> buckshot lariated off the buckshot horse. buckshot lariated off of it. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that match is the only match on the pay-per-view. Because it's the only match that's not, like, a wrestling match. So I'm just like, they'll do wacky shit in the football stadium. It'll be fun. I like that one side of the field has the Elite logo. The other side has the Inner Circle logo. Indeed. And I like that there was a little bit of character development, too. Because after they stood tall, Hangman Page walked off. Of course, like, because the end story is going to be Hangman turning on Kenny. Or was it Kenny turn? No, they shouldn't turn. I don't like Hangman turning. He's too good of a baby face. He's going to hit that goddamn buckshot. He's going to murder him in the face. Or Kenny's going to, like, convince the Bucks to triple super kick him. Mm-hmm. God, now all I can think about is that, like, the finish of their tag match. Where there's, like, that brief moment where Kenny and the Bucks all turn their, like, hips to him. And he thinks that they're going to triple super kick him, but they don't. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually be much more in favor of... Uh, but Kenny turning before he wins the title is stupid, too. Nah, there's no good turns here. Don't do turns. Kenny turns, wins the title as a heel from Mox? I guess you could do that, but that would be a very weird first Hangman Kenny is, title. like, the long-term... Hangman is the long-term the guy that takes it off the evil Kenneth Omega. Hmm... Mm. I don't like Kenny turning. I don't like Kenny's first title win being as a heel. But I suppose Kenny heel hangman face is your best long-term pay-per-view main event. Yeah, it makes more sense coming out of it, but still. I don't like any turns. Don't do don't do turns. No. Maybe anti-turn. How about this? How about this? Garrett? I propose this scenario to you. Mm-hmm. After this uh, show happens here, uh, the stadium we move on to a Hangman Jericho program. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, we move on to Omega Mox again. And Omega wins as a face and starts developing heel tendencies as Hangman makes the come up to face him. Yeah. Or if you could somehow manufacture that so that Omega steals Hangman's title shot. That would be cool. <laughs> or they have like some sort of, I just want a goddamn G1. There you go. <laughs> AEW1, damn it. Uh, that's Dynamite, a pretty crappy go-home show, and a show I had way too many, it felt too much like an episode of Raw. I want, I like, I looked at the clock, uh, after Phoenix and Orange Cassidy, watching this show live, and it was only, there was still 45 minutes left, and I was like, ugh. And that's, that's not a feeling I usually have watching Dynamite, and it's a feeling I had this week, because it felt a lot like Raw. I thought it was a pretty breezy show, I wasn't, I wasn't looking at the, at the clock at any point, I don't think. It wasn't, like, a great show, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. I didn't really see... I didn't hate anything, really. There was many things that irked me. Irked me, Liam! You are very irkable. I am. A, I am some would say I'm a big irk. And now we're going to go to our, our sponsor of the week, Garrett. Which is, uh, me. <laughs> yes, I was literally going to make the joke that it was going to be your YouTube show. <laughs> yeah, uh, YouTube.com slash Garrett Kidney. There should be a Mario Galaxy video up tomorrow if I'm not a nerd. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, where is the kazoo? Why hasn't he played the kazoo? We need more kazoo. Sure, uh, millions. It's... The millions and millions of our fans are wondering this. I had nothing but positive reviews on the kazoo, I have you know. That's true. The kazoo's retired. We're going to leave it on a high note. I don't want it to be played out or gimmicky. Mm-hmm. It's a goddamn instrument that deserves respect. We're not Chris Jericho. We don't run our bits into the ground until we have to come up and do ones. 
Yeah, I got a ticket. A ticket to music. A ticket to the soul, damn it. And that's the kazoo. Uh, and I will not play it out. You think you know I me. will not see its majestic ability tarnished mm. by repetitive bits. There you go. Speaking of repetitive bits, WWE NXT opened with Killer Cross <laughs> and Scarlet Bordeaux. Uh, Cross killed them. Or carrying Cross, I'm so sorry. Cross killed a nerd. Champa faced wow. off. There you go, Champa Cross. Um... Hey, it was Karrion Cross versus me. Oh, apparently this person had Liam on his ass, so there you go. Um, there was a Liam and a Garrett on this show. Oh, yeah, there was. So there we go. NXT is trying to curry favor by naming characters after us. This was Liam Gray of the Skulk. You're a Skulk. So Karrion Cross running through the Evolve roster. <laughs> As one does. Scarlet looked much nicer here. Mm. I, 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 I was and... thinking watching this that, like, this is Champa's return for the first time in like four weeks or whatever since he was attacked. It's like, if there was a crowd here, this would have felt like a much bigger moment. Yeah. I thought the entrance was a little less dumb because I think they toned it down slightly. Yeah. I think they only, they didn't do the lip syncing during the entrance, did they? Yeah. Which is. And Scarlet looked much nicer. And um, I'm also still a big fan of like the mist being in the ring <laughs> as he murders these poor, poor men. I hope the entire match with Champa is. Uh... Is the rest like that, and then every other match All of the show. Forty-five like minutes of it. Indeed, the the two angry bald men of NXT will face off a takeover. Uh, did you say Chumasa Jumbo came out and he said that was Killer? That's that was his name on the Independence and in Impact Wrestling. Like Killer Cross. Like his name should be. Why can't they? Yes, but, um, it's so weird who gets new names and who doesn't now. They're probably like, oh, we uh, corporately we can't have a color character called Killer, even though they have a character called The Undertaker. But still, it's like a Drake Maverick, but a Jake Atlas. Yeah, who gets who gets names and who doesn't is very strange. It used to be very like we had a point where we swapped and we just used their names, but then like it went back for a while and then it came back again. Yeah, so that you you get you get as you said like El Hijo del Fantasma is still using his name even though he was renamed and then de-renamed. It's like, and then like we have a Cameron Grimes and also we have a Timothy Thatcher. It makes no sense. There's there, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. It's just WWE nonsense. Champa and Cross mm-hmm. said. It's very similar to, like, the Brody Mox thing with me. It's like, who wins? <laughs> I think Champa can lose. I think Cross can easily beat Champa. But but Champa just lost these last three feuds. That's true. But it's NXT. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he lost the Gargano. He lost the Cole. He lost the one before that. Uh, Finn? He was feuding with Finn, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, and he didn't win. <laughs> no, he didn't. Like, Champa's... He's getting kind of played out here, guys. They should just call him up. And I don't think having him lose the cross again will be... Like, like, honestly, he should lose the cross and he should just go to the main roster. But they're not going to do that because... No, they're not going to do that! <laughs> because guys like Champa and Gargano are now brand specific. Uh, sure, but you can still call them up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> call them up, Garrett? Call them horizontally. That's true. Uh, Phantasma defeated Tozawa to win the his uh, Block B. They're in B, aren't they? Yeah, Block B of the Cruiserweight Tournament. It was very weird. Right. When he won, they were like, they danced around actually saying he won the block for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, do you not know that this is a winner-takes-all match? And they didn't even like talk I, about how this is a winner-takes-all match. I... I think they didn't know that they were going by New Japan rules where if they draw but they have a win over the other guy, they win. Mm. So I think they were like, is this a tiebreaker now next week? 
But like this, this is, I think this was a taped show. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second in a way. It was a very much a taped show. So like, <laughs> surely they knew. Surely they know that like, going into this, the, the story is it's winner takes all. Person who wins advances. And they didn't tell that story. And then when Phantasma won, they were like, uh, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's on top of the block. And then they showed the block and then they were like, oh, he's won it. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Maybe they just hate Ohio Del Phantasma because he's a, a kidnapping piece of shite. Hey, don't you cast dispersions. You don't know yet. I do. I've been, I've been digging deep. Uh-huh. I've been going around with my monocle. Mm-hmm. Not my monocle, what they call it. What's the, uh... <laughs> Uh, magnifying glass. I've had my hat on. Had a pipe in my mouth. I've been skulking around the full sail area. It's a dangerous, uh, a dangerous uh, mission I'm on. You were nearly kidnapped yourself. Yes, and I fought them off. Thus, by my own logic, making me a prime suspect. Mm. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. yourself into that corner there. Much less person, interesting person won this match. Does how it should have won. It should have been Tazel Kushida finals. We're gonna get like a Phantasm and Jake Atlas final, aren't we? Or Jake Atlas against... I know you can't hear me, but I hope you just felt me putting my head in my hands. (laughs) Uh, Tim Thatcher wants a tap-out or knock-out match against Matt Riddle. Hybrid rules, baby. The the big Bobby Lashley, Drew Galloway, uh, Slammiversary main event. Tap-out or knock-out. Carl O'Reilly, Adam Cole... Young World Rising? <laughs> there you go. That was a question on the, the Voices Wrestling Quiz night, which I did not get right. What was the hybrid rules? Was it, was it Young World Rising? I don't know the show. The question was, uh, what was the name of the match? And I forgot. I was, I, I was like, I knew it was something MMA-based, and I guess mixed rules, which is a synonym for hybrid. I wasn't too far off. I'm so good at these things, because I pick up the stupidest parts of wrestling and memorize them. Mm. Uh, Shotty Blackheart, Tank. I had this moment where I was like, I really like the first minute of this, but then as it was closing, I was like, if someone walked in the room right now, would I be embarrassed? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was the, the montage of her like running over things and being like, take that, Candice LeRae. You suck, Mia Yim. Eel Shirai, eat my tank. I was like... <laughs> no, my favorite, my favorite one was like, huh, that one sounds like Dakota Kai. <laughs> I was like, oh, jeez. You know the sound of Dakota Kai being ran over? Yeah, it's like, uh, she did in fact say the words, eat my tank during this. Yeah, I thought it was kind of, kind of lame. Maybe just went on a little too long. She didn't blow anything up either. Yeah, what's the point of a fucking tank if you're not going to shoot it? That's very much true. Mia Yim, Squash Santana Garrett, my main takeaway from this, aside from my name, is still protect your neck. Terrible. Um, Garrett, would you like to play us a quick quiz? Mm-hmm. How many Wu-Tang Clan references did Mara Ranallo <laughs> get in in the last two seconds of the match? I think I've zoned Mara out because I haven't had a Mara quote in a few weeks, but I'm going to say four. Oh, slightly overachieving, but he got three in Aww. with uh, Protect Your Neck. Oh, no, I've forgotten the memes now. <laughs> But there was three, because I counted it, and I was like, he got three Wu-Tang Clan references in two seconds. Well, Protect Your Neck is the name of the move, so in fairness, that's, that's, that, he, 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 he could have that one. Ah, he said, he said Protect Your Neck, and then he had uh, Mears for the Children at one point, but there was one other one that I can't remember. Mm. Yeah, Protect Your Neck, terrible move, it looks awful. Uh, it's better than the soul food that's true uh, after the match uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice ran out uh, my favourite thing was after Keith Lee eventually made the save Johnny and Candice did the most like over the top idiotic cartoon running and it very much amused me Gargano's always been better as like a dorky uh, heel he's so much better as a dork like, as, as, you, as, as you accurately said a few weeks ago he's a dork 
He just is. Yeah. So when he's a heel and he can just be a dork, he's so much better than being like a dork who's like, I fight for the brand, heart and soul to the soul or ground or whatever Maro's quote is. Loyal to the soil. Yep. There we go. That's that's the Maro quote. Uh, oh, God. I forgot about that. Um, and then Keith Lee's theme played because fuck you, Mia. <laughs> yeah. And because the men are more important here, Liam, obviously, which is... Sure. We well, see the men in these feud have a title, and the females don't. <laughs> yes, indeed. So we'll probably get some mixed tags, and uh, that's the next North American title feud between Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee, which is a pretty good mid-card feud, I'll give him. I wish they still did intergender, because Candice and Keith Lee would have a really good match. That's true. Go to PWG, have that match. <laughs> yeah, just go back. Uh, last week, we had uh, Cameron Grimes beat Finn Balor. Priest was revealed as his attacker. Grimes cut a promo. <laughs> he cut a really weird promo. Yeah, good old Grimes. I, the, the poor girl. Also, he dropped a Grime time, which I was like, ooh, timing. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're not going to capitalize off him beating Finn Balor at all, are they? No, it's going to be an NXT feud. He's going nowhere. But, like, the thing is, if you were to capitalize on it, on this television show, what would you even do? He's already wrestled Keith Lee. He beats Adam Cole for the title. There you go. Like, that's the problem with this show. Even when you're like, what what should they do to advance Cameron Grimes? The answer is, I don't really know. All right. So, NXT introduces an intercontinental title, right? (laughs) Just more belts. Or the NX... Division is introduced. Well, they already have the cruisers. Don't worry about it. They have four. They have five belts. It's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. They have five belts. Mm. Um, Drake Maverick. He has to win. Yeah. I didn't like this promo. I'm, I don't want to see Drake Maverick on the show. It makes me feel bad. I thought it was too jokey. <laughs> but like, um, I'll, I'll talk about this more when we get to the match. Yeah, Adam Cole. Giving out about creepy ass <laughs> Dexter Loomis before their match. Yeah, he's not even the biggest creep in this next segment. Roderick Strong defeated Dexter Loomis uh, after the match. There was a big brawl. My favorite part of this entire segment was Dexter Loomis just holding Roderick Strong in his lap, rubbing his head. I really liked how he had him in the choke and they were kicking him in the face and back and he was just no-selling it. Yeah, he wants to choke people out. He's a sadist. That's fine. Isn't it crazy how, like, out of all the people that they signed in the last six months, Sam Shaw... Is getting the biggest push. Is the goddamn most push. Yeah. You love Sam Shaw. Who would have thought that, like, Sam Shaw might win the NXT title? <laughs> <laughs> what a day that would be. I'm, I'm actually going to say, because Sam Shaw used to be, his thing used to be that he used to do a bunch of really cool athletic stuff, and he does none of it anymore, which kind of makes me sad. NXT and A, baby. <laughs> Uh, well, the, the Raw is being main evented by a 2016 TNA program, and uh, NXT is being main evented by a 2014 TNA character, so there you go. Everything's TNA tributes. Well, everything. <laughs> After the match, Dream brand people came out and hit an elbow drop. It was so good. I, mean, I don't know how they hit that so perfectly. It must have been very dangerous. <laughs> it's... Oh. He stood on the top rope and hit an elbow drop over the guardrail to Adam Cole, who was lying there on the floor. And the way they shot it was they shot him jumping. Yes, he definitely did that. Yes, 100%. <laughs> but they shot him jumping. They shot him turning in the air to land with his elbow, with his left elbow in an elbow drop. And then they cut to a shot of him coming down on the exact opposite side with his right elbow hitting an elbow drop. And I'm just like, this is the richest wrestling company in the world. 
They make billions and millions of dollars. They have hundreds and hundreds of employees. And they can't be bothered to cut together two shots in a way that makes sense. Like, that's this is why wrestling sucks. Because you have, like, the industry leader, the market leader, the company with all the money, all the resources in the world, can't be bothered to, like, implement basic continuity. Like, uh, if this was uh, assumingly taped and someone looked at it and said, that's fine. Then someone else probably approved it, and then it got on the television show. Not once did someone say, hey guys, he's coming down at a completely different angle than we filmed him jumping. That makes no sense. It's going to look stupid. Like, how does that happen in this gigantic corporation with hundreds of employees, multiple people doing quality control, the people who filmed it, the people who blocked it, the wrestlers who filmed it, and then the people who approved it afterwards and then put it in the television show, the people who edited it into the show. None of these people at once said, why is he coming down at a completely different angle than he jumped? And that just, it's like, that's why WWE is terrible. There's many reasons why WWE is terrible. But like, the fact that that basic amount of quality control does not exist in this company is why everything is bad. Like everything, it permeates everything they do. Everything is cheap, everything is bottom of the barrel, everything is rushed, everything is just like, we want to churn out content because we need to tick that box in our in our contracts. Nothing is like we want to make stars, nothing is like we want to tell these great stories, nothing is like we want to deliver a great product or deliver great matches. It's just like, oh, we'll have them do an elbow drop, but we don't want to do them do it, which I'm fine with. I have no problem with them doing the actual cut. No reason for these people to kill themselves in front of nobody, but God, do it in a way that's somewhat competent. I really hope that whichever full sales student that edited this segment together uh, really failed their assignment. Uh, like, legitimately, if, you, if this was a college assignment and you handed it in, they'd be like, that's a very bad cut there, kid. You gotta work on that. Uh, I don't care about this match at all. Uh, I have zero opinions on it. Yeah, the match I have zero opinions on most of NXT. This is my... Uh, Kira Tozawa was in the freaking backstage area where there's still absolutely no security. They're still filming pre-tapes with nobody surrounding them. I said this to JR and now I'm going to say it to you, NXT Twitter account. Just because you acknowledge that it's bad doesn't mean you get an excuse for it being bad. Fix the problem. That makes it worse if you can identify that, it, that there's a problem here, that there's no security. At least, like, show security jumped in the background. Like, it's that easy, you know? There's two security guards who are attacked in the background, and then they try and do the kidnapping. No one thinks what about anything. run up after the guys get away? That's... I... It's, there's... I hate... Uh, NXT... Now, main event. Can we just skip straight to the main event? I was going to give out the DJZ and uh, Raul Mendoza have been kidnapped for like 10 weeks now. And they don't mention They're it. They're dead. They just don't mention They're it. Dead. Like, at not, They're dead. At no stage have they been like, Joaquin Wilde has been missing for two months. No one's even searching. But, Garrett. Mm. They're dead. They could be. It's time to move on. Logan Birch killed Everrise. Who cares? Uh, Keith Lee promo. Who cares? Matt Riddle promo, who cares? Oh no, they're having a cage fight. Let's talk about that. MMA. <laughs> they're doing a cage fight. Knockout or tap out in a cage. MMA. Why they're blowing that feud off with a takeover coming up, I don't know, unless they're calling somebody up. But even if they are, they can still stretch it out to a takeover. Mixed martial arts. Kushida defeated Drake Ma- Or no, other way around. Drake Maverick defeated Kushida in a match I didn't like. Because they did the, the kind of underdog story I hate. Wait. Wait. 
<laughs> we skipped over a whole match. <laughs> no, I mentioned Everrise, didn't I? No. What match did I skip? You went straight. You went over only Lorcan and Danny Birch versus Everrise. No, I you didn't even it. mention it. I, I did. No, I, literally, didn't. I literally read. You did not. I said only Birkin and Danny Lurch defeated and squashed Everrise. Who could possibly care? And moved straight on. Oh. Sorry, I was zoned out, if I'm being honest. Um, Everrise had nice gear. Move on. Yeah, that's about it. Actually, I didn't really like it. I thought it was weird looking. Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> but yeah, the WWE did the, the, their version of an underdog match. It's a guy gets his ass kicked and he catches a pin and wins. Instead of like a guy gets his ass kicked and he fights back and earns his win. One of those is good. Oh. One of those is bad. The one WWE does is bad. I wanted Kushida to win just so we could get this seg- like this whole storyline put out of its misery. God, it would. It's so dumb. if Maverick loses next week, the fact that they they did the tie, they're gonna bring him back again and then have him lose would be very different. I don't want him but to then win though. He'll win the tie and then he'll just lose to Phantasma. I don't. And like uh, their booking of Drake Maverick is the exact opposite kind of bo- underdog booking. It's the tip of WWE against all odds booking. Instead of like he's an underdog, so he should fight harder to earn his wins, not l- fight less. Ah, I hate. Ah. Uh, I hope they do a finger poke of doom next week because Jake Atlas. It's like oh, he's 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 feeling sorry for for Maverick. You know, he's he's um he's 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 his pal. I hope what he, a dope he, he that would make di- him look. He takes a dive for Spud. Then Spud turns heel, and this was a play all It's going to be Jake pinning Spud. Yeah, it probably will be. And Jake will be like, why could how did you do that to me? You're my biggest fan. <sighs> Next week, we have the triple threat. Uh, we have Matt Riddle and Tim Thatcher in a cage fight. There we go. Wow. That match is probably going to be good. You'll hate it. I'll like it. <laughs> Damien Priest cut a promo. I don't remember what he said. Do you remember what he said? Oh, the fucking snakes in the back. <laughs> he has a takeover match with Finn Balor. For the love of God. That fucking snake in the grass. <laughs> Damien Priest. Oh, the boys. They're looking out for themselves. I really like doing this podcast mostly because I like to do that accent. <laughs> you're, you're, you're exemplary Irish accent. It's really... It's not even an Irish accent. It's just a Finn accent. It's not even a Finn accent. It's a caricature of a Finn accent. Oh, let me... Can I do Becky? Sure. Go for it. Oh, I have a fucking kid. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Seth fucking impregnated me. (laughs) I went Scottish. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. It's 2am. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai ended in a disqualification when Charlotte ran out and uh, booted Shirai, and I hate this show. Man, I this is I really hate Charlotte. I just don't want to see her lose now. She screwed me out of two matches, and now I want to see her fucking lose. I hate this. Like that's that. The idea is that's how people will think, and nobody thinks like that. Everyone's like NXT fucked me out of a finish twice now. Screw them. I'm not watching their dumbass television show anymore. Shouldn't just, like, EO win because she got hit first? Uh, well, yeah, in theory. Well, triple threat. <laughs> triple threat, because God forbid we have two good singles matches. Well, we have to do two you bad see, Charlotte can't get pinned. If Char- if Rhea beats EO to win the title, that, that will be the <laughs> you know cherry happening. on top of the shit show that is has been the, these finishes. Like, I'm sick. Like, I don't in, understand. Beats your top prospect. <laughs> then come, beats everyone else and then loses but doesn't take a pinfall to put her over oh if that happens I'm going to bury it so badly I will spe- I will devote 
a full like 35 minutes of this podcast to burying that if that <laughs> of happens. a podcast that doesn't even review that show <sighs> these finishes I, I don't understand how you can be a writer's room and be like all right we did charlotte neo was that last week or two weeks ago i don't even remember and we ripped people uh, off of the finish yeah. And we're going to do Eo and Rhea, and we're going to rip people off with the finish again. And no one is like, won't we just piss people off doing that? This is These are our main events. Why are we ripping people off with our dumbass main events? I don't think they care. They don't care. That's the problem. They don't care. They just want to churn this show out, and they're desperate to beat AEW, but God forbid they produce a good television show. Do I remember when NXT was the good show? Like, the idea that it's like... Or at least had the good wrestling. Yeah, that it was the, the show that was uh, WWE's great hope, that had all this great character development and great wrestling and great payoffs. And this show is just dreadful. It's absolutely dreadful lately. It's just... It's not even that, like, I think it's necessarily bad. It's just... It's a boring show where nothing feels like it matters. There's just nothing happening. There's nothing going on. There's nothing meaningful. There's no, like, progression. There's no story development. There's no character development. It's just there it's all just there it's just cameron grimes cameron grimes is like the 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 figurehead for what everything is wrong with nxt (laughs) as everything about how he is booked is everything about how nxt is terrible lately i really like uh, i'm very frustrated with this show because like in the empty arena i didn't like dynamite this week but on the whole dynamite has been an easy to watch show in an empty arena environment which suggests that the underlying format the underlying formula of dynamite is actually pretty good on the flip side nxt has been really quite bad in an empty arena environment underlining the fact that the underlying formula is quite bad and it really has exposed these shows in two very different ways. One the one in a good way, one in a bad way. And it's reflecting it in the viewership, mm. where AEW somehow in this hellscape is managing to claw back to where it was, while NXT and its big brothers and sisters continue to plummet. And like you know, the Bundesliga came back last week, it was watched by like a billion people. UFC on pay per view uh, got seven hundred thousand buys. People are starved of content. People are not starved of bad content. I think that's the lesson well, to be learned. AW here. did seven hundred thousand this week with that show, but a show I did not like. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, mm. just be decent. <laughs> All right, match of the week, Liam. None of them. Uh, I think. Well, it's Phoenix and Orange Cassidy. It's not even close. N- none of them. You didn't like Phoenix and Orange Cassidy. I just, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Pick a match. Ugh, Phoenix and Orange Cassidy. Show of the week. None of AEW <laughs> by like a point. I don't care. I didn't like it. I I I went into the show thinking I didn't like um AEW more than I didn't like NXT, but I think I ranted more about NXT than I ranted about AEW. So, <laughs> well, which one is more dangerous? <laughs> I guess I have to go to AEW. It doesn't matter. Poll is eighty three percent AEW and I have seventeen percent NXT. So. Just vote NXT, so for the first time ever, you can vote NXT while I vote AEW. Fine, I'll give it to NXT. Two shows I didn't like. Wow. But yes, All time. There you go. Congratulations, is... AEW. You win again. <sighs> what a somber ending to like what was a really good first ten minutes of this podcast. Yes, yeah, so we started with the, um, uh, the world is going to end, and we ended with the wrestling is bad. Hey, Garrett. <laughs> when NXT eventually and inevitably gives up let's just keep podcasting and we'll do we'll just talk about the world <laughs> that's the, the the war is the well we've set it up we can be wednesday world war war, war never ends 
You can follow us on Twitter at WarGamesPod, where you can vote in the poll. You can listen, you follow me on Twitter at GaraKidney, G-A-R-E-T-T-K-D. Anyway, you can follow Liam on Twitter at Larrikin, but he's no, he protected, can't. so he will not accept your request. But you can try. I mean, if you have a good following, I will accept you. Uh, if, oh, jeez, Mr. 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 Uh, uh, if you're verified, I'll accept you. Uh, if you would like more Elite coverage in your podcast feed, you can listen to Everything Elite. If you'd like more WWE television show coverage in your uh, podcast feed, you can listen to Shake Them Ropes. Thanks for listening. And if you'd like more me... Oh, yeah, you're no, on, you're on Omaka like Say this week. If you'd like more me, I want it tomorrow. Have you recorded it yet? Oh, no, you, you have to watch the matches. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to read the matches that we're reviewing. So if you want to hear myself and John's takes on the Young Bucks versus Brian Danielson, Roderick Strong from PWG, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn from NXT, Kota Ibushi versus Shinsuke Nakamura from New Japan, and Tetsuya Naito versus Kenny Omega from New Japan, as well as the greatest match of all time, Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada at Dominion the first time. Uh, a match that I will love and will murder John's soul. Fun podcasting times. Thanks for listening and bye-bye. Bye. Bye.